Welcome into the Grass Cutter Social Club, a social club for the everyman. If you've ever wondered what three average guys and maybe that other random dude are buzzing about after the lawns are all mowed, this is the spot for you. Now here are your hosts, Branko, Burl, and Ron. All right, boys, here we go. Episode, oh my goodness, episode four. And inductee number three, we got Branko and Ron holding it down with me, hosting this gong show again. But this time, inducting to the Grasscutter Social Club, we've got Alex joining us. Alex, buddy, you got four fingers or something next to you or a beer or what? You, you ready for this? Uh, you ready for this, man? I, I don't know how ready I am, but yeah, I got uh, I got four fingers and a nice little beer sitting here. But uh, hey, thanks thanks for having me out here, boys. Pleasure to be uh, be on the pod. Double fisting already. I mean, you hang out with three mucks like us. You better you better come prepared. Call that Tuesday. There we go, Ronnie Branks. How you guys doing, Branko, buddy? Great, man. It's great to be back. It always feels longer than it actually is, but it's always good to catch up and. We got Alex this time, so uh, we, we got to put him to work, man. He's got to earn his keep here. Well, I'm I'm glad everybody's here, and uh, and on my front, we just got back from a little little road trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, uh, we ripped down to Branco's neck of the woods. Could you smell me, buddy? We were in Toronto for like three days. Uh, smelled something funky, but I don't know if that was you or not. Yeah, so Megan and I, we decided just to take Oliver, and we ripped down to Toronto to do the aquarium and the, the zoo, and we ended up doing the steam whistle, um, uh, what is it, uh, Oktoberfest. They've got like a little outdoor restaurant with all the trains around and stuff. But um, but yeah, we were we were ripping down there, and then Ron, I think you did a little uh, little tour as well too, right? Uh, we we took Highway Seven down because we weren't going all the way into Toronto like you. Like we stopped short, eat closer to the zoo. You got you you guys both went to Toronto Zoo. Yeah, separately, not together. Toronto Zoo can't handle both of you guys at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Uh, when you got kids, like, because Ollie's two and a half. I mean, I feel like the Toronto Zoo is a must stop, and when you compare it to like wonderland even the aquarium was uh was a bigger hit than the toronto zoo on the wallet i mean i i was a little surprised yeah no i get it it's funny Caitlin and i never made it to the new aquarium i mean we lived there when it got built and finished and we still haven't gone which is kind of funny because i think our sweet spot of beating the the rush uh is over and now it's like super popular and super expensive so uh, it's kind of funny that we didn't do that, but I went to the zoo last year when Noah was still little, and it was pretty cool, man. It's I didn't see a ton of animals. I think they were all in their burrows or holes or whatever. But I remember seeing the polar bear and thinking it was pretty impressive. Like it was just so big. Uh, maybe my spirit animal. It's the hibernation, Branco. That's what makes it your spirit animal. <laughs> yeah, I think the zoo's a must stop zoo. when you're when you're yeah. down down that direction. Alex, have you done a, a zoo or park Omega with your? With your girl? No, Park Omega is on the uh, on the cards. I think for uh, for this summer, we we talked about it a little bit over the winter. I, I was under the impression, Ryan, that you had actually gone to the Toronto Zoo with both kids, and I was going to ask you how that went because I cannot imagine bringing a one year old anywhere. To be completely honest, I mean the grocery store maybe, but uh, okay. that's about it. Well, 
this is a fantastic, like, God, it's like you, you've been doing this more than we have. Uh, this is a foray into our first topic because we want to talk about how to survive a road trip, how to survive travel with these young kids. And I'm going to be honest, like my wife and I, we kind of copped out. My parents volunteered to take Rody. They haven't spent a ton of time with them. So my, my 10 month old son stayed back in Ottawa with my parents for three days. And my wife and I just took our two and a half year old. And like the argument for us was we wanted to focus on him, right? It's been 10 months of you know, be careful with the baby. Don't, you know, don't take that from the baby, you know, watch out for the baby and all this like other stuff that revolved around both kids and, or more so even roadie. So we wanted to focus on him for, for three days, but it was still tricky getting down there. How long did it take, Ryan? Like how many stops did you make? We did implement the iPad. (laughs) It, uh, solid move. Yeah. It was playing some Paw Patrol to get us to Kingston. And then uh, we packed a picnic lunch and got out at like a a little park with a slide and all that stuff for him to run around on uh, in Kingston. And then we timed it so that after lunch, he'd hit his nap time and he slept for like two hours and we pulled into Toronto. So we, we really took an extra couple minutes to plan. Um, the driving around like where we would stop for lunch and when he would take his nap in the car. Yeah. The iPads help like, Oh my gosh. Like compared to when we were young, right. Driving. I mean, for me, like we'd always have a long drive down in the summer to see our grandparents and like, you know, there'd always be like a few blowups along the way. Cause like you're playing boggle in the back or you've got like a card game going with your siblings and it, like there would be an explosion eventually right (laughs) so you mix in a little ipad that's okay my kids are a little bit older that so we got them these little they each have their own little like tabletop like uh, almost like a breakfast in bed you could picture that little table so they can just put it across their lap and draw and color and stuff like that so i don't know you got to keep them keep them active but it's also okay for them to be bored if you don't mind the the fights that are eventually going to erupt in the back but anyway what was the youngest age ron that you ever took the uh, the girls on a trip with because again like going back like audrey's what two two and a half now a little older i think than uh than ollie ryan but uh, like i mean she'd be good for a little bit but i can't imagine anything longer than two hours in a car um we took evelyn before lindy was born uh, so she was probably like, like 18 months. Yes. Yeah, like obviously at that age, they're not taking in any of the game. Uh, and we actually, I mean, it was a fine trip. I mean, I think we stopped to change her diaper like a dozen times on the way back, you know, <laughs> but, uh, I actually, we had to leave that Jays game. I think I, it was against the Red Sox. We left in the eighth inning. And sure enough, I think Big Poppy hit a wall. They were the away team, but just hit like a go-ahead home run in the ninth. Like it was an epi in that dad that has the baby in the in the carriage in the front, and then you catch the foul ball. Yeah, like that would also be epic. <laughs> Especially if you can keep that beer stable, right? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna circle back to that one, Ron. But Alex, you nailed it on the head, man. Like I found with Oliver, once we got to like two and a half hours, he was like. And like clearly vocalizing, like, get me out of this seat. And it's like, okay, like 
we're close. Like we're going to stop soon. And you're trying to stretch them that extra 20 minutes that you need or 15 minutes that you need, but like asking to go to the bathroom, but he doesn't need, do you know what I mean? Like it was just like, he's ready to be done with, uh, with the car. You're right. That two hour number is probably, probably pretty close. Yeah. I, so I'm glad for all that you mentioned Paw Patrol because my, my oldest is just knee deep in, in Paw Patrol right now. There's a Paw Patrol event coming to Ottawa and that was kind of, or not Ottawa, sorry, Gatineau, but uh, the tickets are unbelievably expensive. Oh like they're like $120, $120 per person oh. to go watch a bunch of clowns in costumes, just parading around the stage uselessly. Oh my God. Uh, but like, I can't imagine her spending long Longer than I don't know 15 20 minutes watching these guys and then that's it so like $120 for 20 minutes is just that's too oh, that's, I don't know that's if it's Toronto bananas. Zoo caliber but uh it, I just can't imagine spending that money what's the what's the other one called like the, the the where it's like the adults that are like playing around like singing and dancing the they're from Australia oh, the Wiggles. Wiggles yeah yeah oh my god I've heard they run like a, a serious graph like those guys are cleaning up. So I mean, for the money they're making, I'd sing and dance and hop all over stage too. I'm sure they're not. Oh hurting, my god! I'm sure that's just as hot as hot of a ticket, if not hotter than this uh, <laughs> this Paw Patrol nonsense. I'm not there yet with my son, but God, man, that's gonna that's gonna be expensive. 120 a pop. Frank's buddy, you've done some traveling with Noah that's a little more extensive than I think any of us, right? Like you've been hauling him around on a few flights to Florida and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we've done like flights to Florida, yeah, uh, which isn't too bad. Um, like I think we were uh, a little bit worried about how it was going to go, but overall it went pretty smoothly. And like I thought he'd be more scared of the like the flying part, and he wasn't. I think he just got like bored of being in the seat and he was like because he's so big he was like kicking the seat in front i was like god this person hates our guts um but other than that like it wasn't it wasn't too bad uh overall like he's 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 pretty good as long as you know we kept him somewhat entertained with like either he's he's a year and a half or just over a year and a half so we have like this um it's almost like a clip book it's just like a book of clips like it just has different kinds of like uh you know notches and things it's almost like a busy board oh nice uh, and he found that that kind of like kept him in, engaged and then obviously some cartoons um you know whatever you can get your hands on food um you, you fall asleep you're just hoping they fall asleep really uh but it's interesting to hear from you guys in relation to the driving because we're gonna right. we've done one drive to ottawa when he was really young and that took forever we had to stop lots of times because he could only handle maybe an hour at a time yeah maybe a bit more but we're gonna do it in mid mid july and he's almost two now uh and i'm wondering how long he's gonna be able to last like in 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 spurts you guys are saying two hours and i hope that's true because that means we can get get to ottawa in two stops maybe three that would be nice so um but yeah man you just roll with the punches and just hope hopefully they're happy you just uh, i don't care how long it takes as long as you're not ruining somebody else's experience i guess especially with the flying so that that's my sort of position on it thus far as a as a parent oh that'd be a great time and alex have you done any uh 
roadies yet with your kids not yet obviously eh? if you're saying no i mean they they kind of fell into that i guess call it the covid sweet spot if you will yeah uh audrey born like right at the beginning of the pandemic like i couldn't leave my house let alone go on a road trip and then uh obviously harper coming like a little less than uh than two years later it kind of uh, through all of the plans that we had uh, for a little bit of a world. But I mean, we, we want to, like I said, go to Park Omega this year. I think Audrey would love it. Harper would probably cry a lot, but uh, we'll we'll see how many of the animals she can deal with. But uh, yeah, it'll it'll be fun. For sure. I mean, it's, it's so good to just like, now that it's all over, it's so good to get to another city, another spot, get out of the house, see different places. And then to have your kids with you, it's so much fun to see their reactions at these like things that they've never seen before. So uh, definitely something we're going to be doing a lot more of here too. Um, tips wise, like I, I don't really have any tips, but I was going to say like when your kids get older, um, one thing I got really into with going back and forth to Gas Bay and flights to uh, BC and stuff when I was a student was listening to audiobooks and other friends that I've heard that are that are into them. Like Branko, you're into the sci-fi stuff. Like yeah, some of the some of the sci-fi audiobooks that are out there. Like if you can find a full cast read where it's all these actors doing the voices and stuff, kids eat it up. Like uh, oh. I've used it in my yeah yeah I've used it in my classroom too with some of the like grade fours and fives and sixes that, that struggle with reading. They love these um, like voiceover actors that do these, like they'll read the Hobbit and they'll act out all the scene. Like they'll act out the whole book and do all the different character voices and stuff like that. So finding a book that you loved as a kid and seeing if you can get like an audio version and playing that for the kids, it really, it really does make it a little more bearable for for everybody because then you're not listening to that kid music or they're not complaining about what you're listening to or what they're watching or you know whatever so when the kids get a little older like ron your kids are almost the right age to start trying the uh audiobook side but it makes i find it makes that's, drives that's i might start doing that even to go to the cottage break it up listen to a like uh, not to not to use harry potter i know that that's probably one that that everybody's not surprised with but this guy jim dale ron that reads harry potter he does like 42 different voices wow and just crushes it like narrates the whole book and does all these all these voices nice. the i was gonna say kind of on the same same topic like uh sporting events obviously ron at a year and a half but i was gonna kind of ask the same question like at what point in time do you feel you can take your kids to like sporting events movies and they're actually gonna hold the attention uh, for an extended period of time. I mean, you know, uh, Paw Patrol movie, I'm sure, you know, both, both of our kids, Ryan, would, would easily make it through the whole entirety of that. But like, uh, you know, Super Mario Brothers movie just came out, which to be honest, I'm kind of excited to see. And, and I know my wife is as well, but um, I can't imagine trying to have my, uh, my two and a half year old sit through that. I, I actually think a two and a half year old probably would get kind of scared during the Super Mario movie. Um a comfort and sitting through it. Like I, I brought a, a blanket from home and they just nestle right up there and like they could take a nap even if they get like, it's, it's so much better than when we were going to movies and, and kids. So I don't think there's an age that's early enough uh, for the right movie anyway. Like, I think they're going to have a blast and the movie theaters are empty. Like I went to see it on a Friday afternoon and there were maybe four other people in the whole gigantic <laughs> theater. It was it was a blast. 
I think Alex, you could probably do a movie pretty soon. Um, we did we did sing with Oliver, and he almost made it through the whole thing. Uh, there's enough singing and you know animals and stuff for him to look at that. The first half hour was easy. Then we kind of, you know, had the, he sat on Megan's lap for like 40 minutes. And then once he had to go to the bathroom, we just bailed, but he made it through over an hour. Um, and so I think if you hit the right movie, you could easily make it through the whole thing. He almost made it through the whole thing. Um, I do find like, cause I saw at, before Branko cursed the Boston Bruins to that first round exit. I do remember seeing a guy oh, yeah. at an overtime game with the Leafs, and he was holding up clearly like a baby, like not in not like a toddler. Like the baby must have been two or three months old, maybe six. Let's give him six months. And I think that's my question: is like, okay, so an event that they're not interested in or they're too young for what age are you dragging them out like to see that event right like ron you said you did the the jays game like i i don't know i personally ron when you said you wanted to be the guy that catches the ball with the baby i don't like my wife would if she ever saw like a highlight reel of a a foul ball coming towards me and one of our kids and like I'm trying to catch it, and I'm trying to get closer to it. <laughs> I like castration's probably not an easy descriptor for what would happen. Uh, bro, we've all seen you play ball. He, that Ollie's as good as gone, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, standing out there praying no balls coming. In. Yeah, <laughs> but honestly, yeah, like I that that's I feel for that guy. Like I imagine that guy had the tickets <laughs> like and he had no out yeah I, like i don't know how he didn't have one but i imagine diehard Leafs fan he wasn't gonna miss that game and he probably made the most of it but like it's the sporting events aren't the same right when you're when you're there with your kids like especially a playoff game like so would i sign myself up to do something like that no i don't i don't think so and I was happy to go down to Toronto and see some friends and bring Evelyn along. And we, we so happened to go to a Jays game. Um, but it's not something I, I think I would personally do uh, too, too often. Anyhow. Frank's buddy, the Jays go to the world series. Are you t- and you get tickets? Are you taking Noah to tell him when he's older that he went to a world series game? I might do have a choice or <laughs> I'd probably leave him at home, right? Uh, but if it's a, if it's like if it's like I go, but I have to bring my son, or I don't go, then yeah, I'll bring him for sure. I'll, I'll fig- we'll figure it out or whatever. But I just remember being at a few Jays playoff games, that, like when they had Bautista and those runs, and like <laughs> it's like deafening because it's you know it's September October, the roof is closed. And it's just so loud in there. It's like, it, it's crazy. Um, you know, we, we'd have to get them outfitted with those, like, um, those headphones they have at airplane or uh, airports or whatever, you know, the guys that are working just so it doesn't blow your ears off. Um, but, you know, it seems like a lot of work, especially at his age, you know, if they're four or five or six, when you might have some memory of it, 
then I feel like I'd be a bit more inclined to to do it. But now it just seems like uh, the 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 juice isn't worth the squeeze. You know, it'd just be a lot more headache. Um, but maybe I'm being selfish. So <laughs> I don't know. I think that's it. I I think T, you touched the nail on the head there, Branko. I think it's about building those memories, right? Like some of my fondest memories when I was a kid. And I mean, I'm not. Well, I shouldn't say kid kid obviously but like i was nine ten years old like going to the sens games in the uh when they first came uh came back in like 93 94 and like sitting there like i got to see peter forsberg and joe sackick playing for the quebec nordiques like yeah it was awesome and i still remember that to this day the memorial cup at uh at the 60 with the 67s winning like, worthwhile i guess those are the memories that, <laughs> that i truly cherish as a as a kid um yeah but would i remember them if i was three four five <laughs> Probably yeah. not. I think I think you want to save that that extra effort of bringing your kids for that sort of soft soft spot in the age, right? Like that eight plus seven years plus, and that's that's like intrinsic memory time. Like it, it goes logged forever, right? So, um, to me, I don't know. I don't see the value in bringing babies to the game um for the guys that are that are catching balls or it's catching balls or catching flack but uh but yeah you guys also like the the sky dome or whatever rogers center is not really conducive to it i've been to uh, i remember petco in in san diego in center field they've got this like huge park like past the wall they have a huge park out in the center field area like past the, the wall and i remember there was like a playground there or something like a playground and there was lots of families like camping out and sitting out there like that i could do like it, that's more manageable where it's like outdoors and like you know i don't need to keep him still in one spot he can kind of roam around and if it was like me and my wife like we could take turns or i could take a turn kind of checking out what's on the field but to be like a fan and like following the game closely like it's just it's a like it's I, I think you have to kind of temper your expectations as far as like what you're going there to achieve you know if it's just for your son to check out a few like pitches or a couple innings then sure but you're not there to like watch the game you know you're just there to kind of be a chaperone for your child <laughs> make sure they don't kick somebody's beers over or yeah, or just like, you know, you don't want them to ruin somebody else's time there or just like cause a scene. Like that's the last thing. Climb on the field. I would want, you know. Yeah, well, actually, take a ball to the dome, yeah. That that would uh, that would definitely end all sporting event uh, attendance with the kids. Any sort of like, hospital, trip to the hospital or, or injury would really make it a tough sell on the next game. Be a core memory, though. <laughs> oh yeah stitches yeah yeah hey and maybe they could get some free swag baseball players and golfers and hockey players like to sign a bunch of stuff whenever they whenever they hurt somebody but uh i don't know especially if they name a child absolutely <laughs> <laughs> oh god now listen to us we're sacrificing our own kids so that we can get like a signed golf ball from rory mcelroy or something like that man you can sell that shit on ebay for sure. All right, guys. I think we're gonna to go to our first break. That was that was a great way to start this off. Alex, you're you're rolling, buddy. You're, it's like you're a pro at this. Uh, we're gonna come right back, guys, in a in a minute. Right after this word from our honorable and illustrious sponsors. 
Are you looking for an exciting new way to earn an extra few bucks? Are your days busy and evenings free after the kids are all tucked in the bed? If you've packed on an extra few pounds from a couple too many light beers, we are looking for you. This city's newest and most charming entertainment spectacle is searching for some new talent. Dad Bod's Gentleman Experience is now hiring. So come on down to Papa Bear's Hideaway and Cocktail Lounge. Show us how you can still cut a rug. Don't let this Dad Bod trend pass you by. For any interested bookings of Dad Bod's Gentleman Experience, please contact Gary at Papa Bear's Hideaway and Lounge. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back for segment two, and we are talking. We're going to talk some food, some family. We got Father's Day coming up uh, this coming weekend. It's grilling season, and we're looking at like charcoal grills versus propane versus natural gas versus straight over the fire flame. And then, what are we cooking? Like, what what's the big thing we're cooking for Father's Day? I got a couple suggestions and. Uh, and what are we craving for this weekend coming up? Because it's a, it this weekend is reliant on us to do some grilling. So let's, uh, Ron. But baby, what's your setup, Ronnie? Uh, what do you like to uh, What do you like to use on your end to to grill up on Father's? Oh, I'm glad Day? you asked. Because uh, last year, <laughs> last year I picked I picked up I used some Aeroplan points. I picked up one of those Weber kettle barbecues, uh, kettle barbecues, like that classic, when you think like 1970 barbecue, that circle, just the small little kind of UFO looking thing. Like, but man, I have been so impressed with that little charcoal grill. Like it is absolutely incredible. And I was kind of looking at a big green egg and I still want to get one of those one day. Um, but you know, those are, even to buy them used or a thousand brand new they're they're going to run you around two grand and these cattle barbecues are 250 bucks you know what i mean and just fantastic so had to wanted to mention that i, I know uh, i think al you've got a natural gas line do you not which is also sweet when it just goes right to the barbecue um yeah i mean it's so convenient man like Honestly, like don't have to worry about whether or not about a propane, just go turn it on, let it heat up and just get on out there. That was kind of the, uh, the first thing that I did in both of my houses actually was just get, uh, get one of my buddies over to, uh, to install the natural gas line, same barbecue for the last uh, 10 years. I think I got a Weber out there as well. So it's between that and a nice little Napoleon. I, I did like my little orange Napoleon, Ron, that, uh, oh. we used to have for, for the post ball game grilling sessions that, uh, yeah, that's my fault. No, nah, man, I'm going to, I'm going to blame Steve Mackey. If you're listening fuck you man <laughs> those those buffalonians just stole that shit yeah so you gotta tell uh, the story right, i'll, I'll try and make this brief so yeah. we we yeah we 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 were cooking some nice keg hamburgers at ryan it was your bachelor party in uh in buffalo that's right and you know we got out there what i don't know 9 a.m sitting out there started grilling some uh some bar or some uh some hamburgers from the keg that uh one of our buddies works at and 
Uh, I think there was probably an inch and a half worth of grease that just dripped from the burger straight into the bottom of that barbecue. And, uh, you know, Steve had rented a, a nice little van to get us all there. And uh, he really didn't want that grease uh, leaking into the van because he didn't want to pay the premium for the cleaning. So uh, we decided that we were going to try and hide it underneath the um, the van in, uh, in the Buffalo tailgate. And it is a bright orange um little uh little grill that we had and uh yeah somebody just straight heisted that from under the barbecue and the disappointment level after being boozed up after the game witnessing dildo gate and coming back and seeing that uh, that barbecue just gone was uh it was devastating it probably didn't last more than a quarter under there like it was snatched probably as soon as we walked away and i think yeah, I think when we left all or like whoever left around us before we got to the car, like exposed it because I think it was like we were backed into a spot and then like on the backside there was another car. But I'm sure like when that car left, it was like pretty obvious it was there. Like we, there was probably four groups just eyeing oh, us. Like, look at these idiots trying to hide that underneath yeah, that car. Yeah, for sure. We we look like marks for sure. Like people saw us and they're like, look <laughs> yeah. at these idiots. Soft marks for sure. Yeah. But that thing was so full of grease, somebody definitely ruined the carpets in their vehicle. <laughs> putting that thing in there for sure. I, I think Steve will end up with the last laugh on that one. But uh but yeah, like so Ron, you do charcoal. I've I've never I don't That's even cute. know if I've ever eaten with charcoal because my dad's always had propane and and you find it it adds like a a certain aspect or like a flavor to your food that makes it honestly there's no comparison in in my view like i think having both options is great like you know if you just want to fry up some burgers really quick like can't beat that direct propane gas line like that's your best bet but you know talking father's day talking like you want to do up something you know, a little more prep involved, a little fancier. Like there's nothing better than starting the charcoal a little earlier and getting all that smoke in there. It's just so nice. Like, yeah, like I think you, I think if you ask people if you cook the same meal on propane, you cook the same meal on barbecue, 10 out of 10 people would, would say that the, the charcoal is a, a tastier meal, I would say, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Frank's buddy, you got a little spot to barbecue at uh Yeah, no, there's uh like at the top there's two big barbecues like I don't know what I don't think it's a, a Weber, but it's like some nice four um what are those things? Burner. Yeah, four burn it's got four burners. It's like a pretty legit setup and like it's got like the nice counters and whatnot. So now that the weather's nicer, I've been going up there and and, and making burgers or I got into making uh, homemade shish kebabs and they're great. Like just a little bit of extra veg on there just really, uh, really makes it uh, a nice meal to go with like a salad or something. Uh, Corn. um, And we were talking about this in our prep meeting, but like, I really want to invest in one of those flat tops, man. I just like smash burgers are where it's at. Like I could eat a smash burger all the time. They just they're so thin and crispy and tasty with a bit of cheese on there, a little bit of a a little bit of ketchup and and you know maybe some uh, onions and pickles and just sign me up. But um, I'd like to get into like maybe some more complicated stuff, but uh, you know baby steps. You know you don't want to bite off too much, so to speak. What about those chobapis? Oh, I mean, listen uh those those are delicious there, there's a place here that that 
uh, sells them like in Etobicoke, well here, like uh, maybe 40 minutes away from here that I've been meaning to go and buy some uh, to stock up. Uh, and they saw them at the grocery store, they're okay, but I kind of want to get these ones from this place that's been recommended to me by other uh, other folks from the from the old country. They say it's really good. So uh, yeah. What are they? Pardon me? What are they? Chupapis. It's like a thing from where I'm from, from Syria, but they're like little, if you can imagine like the size of a hot dog, half the size, but it's made with uh, like, uh, I think it's like lamb and pork together, or no, not pork, uh, uh, lamb and beef or something like that it's like a combo of two meats uh and kind of in this like little mini sausage and it goes in this like really pillowy soft uh bread uh it's sort of like our version of a of a hot dog i suppose or sorry not a hot dog but like meat sausages of some sort uh just look it up it, it's really tasty um but uh it's great to barbecue it really fills you up <laughs> As, as anybody that's ever had them that I've made them, uh, it just puts you right to sleep. It just sucks all the air out of you uh, and just inst instantitis. Um, so those are the best meals. Was visiting and we had a pile of those up in your cottage and I think we all had to go for a nap and it was so hot, but like, we couldn't stay awake. It was just putting us down. So uh, yeah, uh, we'll have to do those up. Uh, soon for sure Caitlin Caitlin yeah it fills her up too much that's why she sort of oh yeah uh had to like politely be like can we just take a bit of a break but um she, she'll get back on the wagon no doubt no doubt <laughs> just crushing chibapis <laughs> oh yeah yeah oh, no, this I love it. A real treat yeah no uh I mean I like I think it's not rocket science these charcoal grills you get those little chimneys you know you can get the the bricks you you know and you can get them anywhere canadian tire like it's just i was just surprised honestly how uh how good it tastes and you don't need to any kind of be a barbecue pit master to start and it's uh, i guess it's probably a little more expensive right buying the the charcoal bricks and and whatnot the hardwoods for for doing it but again i think having a combo would be sweet like i like my family isn't so big into red meat and steaks and things like that but uh barbecue chicken like even the you know what's that call you um you spatchcock the chicken you cut it in half and then kind of spread it out so it cooks faster basically like you kind of fillet it and then you can spread it out flat over the grill and like that's that's probably our go-to love that you can do a whole chicken in 30 minutes 35 minutes on charcoal yeah, the, so uh, like when i when we first moved to canada my dad would always make charcoal stuff uh but i just always remember it's just so much more of a headache to do all of it and i think that's sort of ultimately the trade-off you're doing there ron i don't doubt that it's tastier but it's like uh it's more of a labor of love than just firing up uh you know like a propane uh barbecue so um as we've talked before on this this pod um the amount of effort and like the amount of time you spend sometimes outweighs like the the result and so i i, I find the less time it takes to cook something is the preferable approach but i you know i totally see you see your yeah. way as well of you know I mean, you're, you know, you're dead wrong, but I mean, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Food is the labor of love for the for Ron, man. You no, know, but you you start the charcoal chimney. You go in there. You make your salad. You chop your vegetables. You know you can sequence these things. I'm telling you. I think you know you do it right. It won't take you any longer. Ron's prepped for his barbecue three weeks ago. So yeah, this podcast is now sponsored by Weber Charcoal Grills. So, uh, <laughs> for those of you, for those of you wondering if we've got sponsorship dollars coming in, it's coming in from Weber Charcoal Grills right now with Ron making this sales pitch. We're also like, talking about the guy that ate raw beef because he was really hungry. So uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you're, I'm not really sure what to believe anymore. <laughs> hey, that. That beef was marinating for hours. It was delicious. <laughs> to to go on what what you were saying though, Branks, about like ease of ease of cleaning and ease of cooking, that's also part of the reason why I want one of those flat tops. Like there, oh. when I can find a meal, and Ron, I'm sure you can attest to this too. When it's just all the kids in the pool, right? Like you, you just potatoes, peppers, onions, you know, meat, all in a pan in the oven. No problems. And that's when I look at that. I see those like hard flat tops. And it's like, okay, I'm going to do my, <laughs> my, my smash burgers on the left side, but then I'm going to saute onions and mushrooms. And I'm going to have like, do you know what I mean? It's all on the right side. Then I'm going to butter up some buns and put them on that. Flat. And then it's all just done. All the kids in, in the pool at the same time, take them all off. And then you're eating and like, God, I want one of those flat tops. I Me feel too. like that would be a real dream. Just a treat. Like, like Ryan, I feel like you could eat a bag of onions if you just chop them up and cook them in that burger grease yeah. on that top. Like, there's nothing better than and those Megan, like, on, grilled onions. Uh, to be honest, like, and Branko, I don't know if it's culturally your thing, but the Russian in me, like pickled onions and pickled cucumbers, I can just like eat. Just throw them in some vinegar, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper take them out and I'll just suck back white onions for, and Megan is just disgusted by it. Like it's clearly the Russian in me is, uh, is just desperate for any intense flavor from some simple cuisine I can get. I just suck back these pickled onions. Is that a thing in your culture too, Branko pickled onions and Uh, uh, pickled stuff? Like it is like my, my dad makes like his own, uh, like sauerkraut, like pickled cabbage. Um, but it's it's not like I don't love it. Like I'll eat it, but it's not like something I I'm desperate to to get into. Like you are. Uh, so culturally, yes. Like I think it's like that. I think it. I think it's things that they make, and it's also I think it's because it's like relatively inexpensive to do and yeah, it can last long periods of time. Probably also because like uh, where I'm from is not like a wealthy country, so you know like. Um, they were kind of trying to like, you know, eat anything they can get their hands on, so to speak. But uh, yeah, I get it, man. Uh, the, that stuff uh, goes over pretty well with that crowd. So. Oh yeah, your dad makes a nice crowd. That thick cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that 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 garage really always stank so bad. My dad's garage because he would just put like half a bunch of heads of lettuce inside of like a. Like in one of those garbage pails, you know, like the the big ones that you take out, um, and that's where you would just d- do it, and it just stinks so bad because it was just fermenting. Amazing. There's something yeah. to be said about grilled vegetables, though, man. Like I I don't like vegetables at all, if I'm being completely honest, and you all know that <laughs> very very well. Uh, but man, like 
Lexi cooks up these these delicious Brussels and just tells me to throw them on the grill and just adding that char to those is just oh it's so tasty just adding a little bit of burn to whatever food you're eating just yeah man it, that that just does it for me yeah the char man the, the, char, the char really adds adds to the flavor yeah i get you with the brussels spreads too those like when it gets just a little bit of crispy on it i've seen also i, I really want to try it i saw somebody doing like uh just like a grilled iceberg lettuce like just chopped in quarters and i was like god i i'd eat that like you know like something a little lighter give me a little good sauce on there <laughs> some ranch some bacon some yeah little tomatoes oh yeah, yeah that's seen that with uh so, cauliflower too you just yeah. cut it right yeah. in half you even make a steak out of it yeah yeah the middle eastern restaurants that we've been to they're they're big into the half a head of cauliflower with like you know uh all, all this, all the fixings on the side. It, it's delicious, you know. Yeah. Problem is cauliflower. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Enough of these legumes. I want to know what meats you guys are cooking for this uh, this Father's Day. We got Branco. You doing chibapis for Father's Day, or you got something else and stuff? No, I, I'm going over to my uh, father-in-law's house, so I'm sure he's gonna like take the take the lead on that. I never try to impose unless he like asks so i usually let him run with it so and he he likes he's a big roast guy so maybe there'll be a roast or a burgers or something something beyond there uh no doubt about it or um if he's not feeling up but feeling up to it i could see him also ordering something so um uh, i guess the world is his oyster and i'm just living in it so i'm 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 down for whatever but if it were up to me i'd probably do some like uh, a burgers or steaks depending on the size of the crowd steaks probably for a smaller crowd and then probably burgers because it's easier for a bigger crowd and uh yeah that, that's me what about what about you guys uh i i am a steak guy through and through i just i i don't know if you guys have been to the butchery out in bell's corners but that place is just unreal for the steaks every time i go in there i just i i spend i think like you know steaks what 25 bucks in that place it's a it's a little pricey but they are like two and a half inches thick they cook so nice at a nice medium rare it's just it's delicious um and every time i i see those wagyu steaks just sitting there just taunting me at like 200 dollars a pop and i just i'm petrified to, petrified to, to cook yeah, one of those to fuck, to, to fuck yeah. it up exactly like i can't imagine doing it like I'll toot my own horn for a minute. I cook a pretty mean steak if I if I do say so myself. But I I just I feel like I'd fuck up that wagyu some way somehow. Extra fat contents just gonna gonna do me over. But I I love the steaks. The pressure oh, yeah, get to sure. you, <laughs> Ronnie baby. Yeah, I'm like Branks. I get spoiled uh, with my father in law. He's a he's a bit of a pit master himself. So uh, <laughs> I've learned a lot from him, but yeah, every Sunday going over there, especially on father's day, I don't know. Uh, summertime, he's always doing different things out there on his big green egg. He's got, uh, he's got a few tools out there. Um, so I'm not sure what he'll cook up. Maybe prime rib. I'm not sure, nice. but it'll be, amazing. I mean, this is the first time uh, for a father's day for me that I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it myself here and, and I'm making a trip to the butchery, but I'm not getting a steak. Uh, have you guys ever had London broilers? I believe that's what the butchery calls them. Um, 
so it's like a hamburger steak. It's flank steak, and they grind it, grind it up real fine, and then they pack it into a nice big, like inch thick patty. And then they take, because uh, the butchery does all this stuff themselves, right? They take uh, a big section of fat, the whole um, trip around that that uh, hamburger patty that they've made with the flank steak. They wrap it in the hamburger fat. Then they wrap that in uh, a strip of filet mignon. And then they tie it all tight together. And it holds it nice and tight. But it also, because of the way like it's ground up, you can't fuck it up. Like you just put it on the grill, you cook it like a burger, you flip it over and then, and then it's just perfect with like a Dijon or a horseradish and you don't eat the fat, but like the filet mignon is a nice classy touch. And then because the flank steak can be so tough, it Mm. loses all of that toughness by being ground up and packed into that sort of hamburger steak. And then it's way cheaper than some of the steaks that they're selling at that place. And like dollar for dollar pound for pound it's one of the nicest easiest cuts you can get and i'm I'm gonna head down to the butchery and get a few of those because i don't even know if megan's because of covid and all that stuff over the last few years i don't know if megan's ever had the had those london broilers from there at my dad's place so yeah just a little recommendation like hamburger steaks can be really good right but you got to make them nice and big pack them real tight and and they can really blow your mind especially when you're using like a a shittier cut of meat i've never had them bro but i see them there all the time and i've always been a little curious and the guys always try and sell me on them and i just i just default to my my steaks but no they are they are so i i love them i and like i don't know why my parent but we grew up on on that as like a special occasion barbecue season uh, it was never steaks. My parents didn't have the money, I don't think, to feed us all a bunch of sirloins or, or filet mignons. But uh, we had the money for London broilers, and uh, they're nice. They're like you just—they just knew you wouldn't appreciate them. That's why. I think they had a fat boy to feed too. Bur- old Burl needed a, a nice <laughs> half pound hunk of hunk of meat to to suck back. So that's a that's a good way to cover that base. Definitely used to be a lot burlier. That's for sure. <laughs> what it gets to us all it gets to us I, I was just, yeah i was just gonna say what else you boys like uh you know in general like what else are you guys cooking besides father's day like what what's your your go-to meal I, I, like for me i was just gonna add in like i love a nice little stuffed pork loin on the uh, on the barbecue a little provolone a little asparagus in there uh little little wrapped in prosciutto to add to the uh you know the italian and my wife and, and speak to her a little bit but uh i just I don't know. Barbecuing is, I love the summer months, man. Like just everything I cook is just, I don't cook inside. It's barbecue or or nothing for me. Yeah. Nothing crazy additional uh, to what I said, but yeah, maybe like uh, some other chicken stuff we'll do like chicken thighs. Uh, They cook pretty quick and easy. And like I'll do for meal prep, I'll do usually like a chicken or I've actually got into shrimp too. Like uh, we've been doing like shrimp tacos uh, recently and cooking those uh on the barbecue gives them that char like we talked about and then a little lime crema and some That's nice. stuff on top you're 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 swimming in it you know um yeah the lime. yeah i'd like to experiment more but again i've i've said before it's a sort of like a time commitment and prep and i'm just not prepared to, to, to add more time to my uh day to cook so 
and that happens out, I will report back. <laughs> yeah. And I said I mentioned chicken too. Like anything bone in chicken, like yeah. chicken breasts are great, but I mean on the barbecue with the bone in there, just sign me up. That's kind of my go to. I, I love pork tenderloin and pork chops on the grill. Like, oh my God. You wanna see me grinning ear to ear, you put mm. some nice inch thick pork chops. Like I like to get the you know the big pork fillet from Costco? And then you cut them off yourself. And then you just make them as thick as you like. And, oh, my God, they're so good on the grill. Um, little honey mustard to get them, get those nice black grill marks pressed right into them. And and don't leave them on too long. And they are just unbelievable. So I, I guess mine is I love a nice pork chop uh, done up on the grill. Sh- shrimp and scallops on the barbecue, man, are just so underrated. Those are so nice. I don't do a ton of seafood. Yeah, I should do more. <laughs> do you guys have a tip on like, okay, because when I cook chicken, it just sticks to the grill and then I'm scraping it. Like, is there, do you guys uh, prep your grills at all with something to, to try and keep it from sticking? Or? Indirect. You just got to do indirect, indirect okay, heat. Okay, so keep it off the, the heat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then if you want to really char it right at the end, just, just for a minute or two. Oops, don't sorry. walk away. Ron's is way better than mine. My tip is don't cook it. Because it drives you nuts, too. Drives me nuts. <laughs> Just dry as shit, man. That's I can't funny. do trick chicken really on the good. barbecue. That's great. All right, guys. We're going to throw to our last uh, commercial break. This is really – this is going amazing, and we will be right back after uh, after this break. Are you one of those lucky few people who get to hit the alarm clock snooze endlessly? Not getting up and getting your day started? Do you wish you could jump out of bed, work out, and get some stuff done? Be productive, maybe? Well, do we have a solution for you. It's time to rent a kid. These little gremlins will wreak havoc all over your home until you're forced to spring out of bed and stop them from destroying all of your valuables. Try it for a week or two, build a new routine, and all of a sudden, your life and mornings will change for the better. After your rent-a-kid term is up, you'll be springing out of bed at any creak, crack, or noise. In fact, you'll probably never sleep soundly again. So rent-a-kid and get your morning routine started like you've been shot out of a cannon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back, and we are so excited to talk to you about this one because this is one that gets the sports fan in any of us really fired up and what we're talking about is is what's happening right now in South Florida with Miami. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately, the Heat have gone down, and we are watching it on the corner of our screens here. It looks like the Panthers, yeah, that's not looking good for the Panthers here. But what we want to talk about is when a city is exploding, and it's got not just one team in the finals, but two teams or or like you think back to some of these spots and I'll, I'll let I'll let the rest of the guys talk about it but just when a city can get ravenous about sports of all kinds it's got to create just some insane fandom in especially in those young young fan bases so um, man guys how much fun would it be to be in Miami right now in South Florida for for what's happened in this last like three weeks, especially with these eight seeds 
going as far as they did. Both of them are eight seeds. Right now or two weeks ago, bro, because, you know, you were talking shit to Branko about how he jinxed Boston, but I feel like you just fucked South Florida at the beginning <laughs> of the commentary. Um, yeah, it, you know, honestly, at, at the beginning of it, though, like just unreal the the ride that both of those teams have been on, right? Like, I mean, um, you know, going back to Florida, the, the way that they got, sorry, I should say hockey Florida, uh, the way that they got into the playoffs by, you know, Chicago beating Pittsburgh in that last game, taking out uh, three of the top five teams in the NHL this year, um, just a, an unreal experience. And I know obviously going back to what, 2007, when our, our friend Cam was a huge Ducks fan, um, you know, I, I went to the only game that Ottawa won in the uh, the Stanley Cup Finals, and the atmosphere in that place was just, it, it was electric. Like, it was unreal. You couldn't hear yourself talk. You couldn't hear yourself think. It was it was just incredible. Wow, you got to go to a Finals game. I didn't know that, Alex. That's, that would be unbelievable. Branks, did you, when the Jays were doing that run, did you get a chance to go to any of those games when we were – going deep in yeah yeah i was at that bautista game uh mark our friend mark who was on a previous episode he was like in japan uh and he had like tried to get tickets or sorry it was other way around he tried to get tickets got tickets but then had to go on a trip to japan so he wasn't around to use the tickets and he he offered it to me and i so i went with him uh sorry with his brother uh and uh emily mark's wife and one of her friends and yeah we were there for that that was yeah the, the loudest i've ever like the loudest arena or sports building i've ever been in like it was pandemonium just because of all that stuff that happened beforehand where they got that run off of the the like Aaron throw and the crowd was like already kind of drunk it was like almost the seventh inning so everybody was like kind of on tilt and then Bautista just like hit it to the moon and yeah, it was like shaking. It was so loud. Plus, like I said earlier, the the roof was closed. So it was just trapped all the noise of like 55,000 or however, however many people can fit into that um, stadium. But I feel spoiled or sorry, I feel like some of those other cities are even more spoiled because they have multiple teams. Like Toronto's never really like, like had all the teams going well at one time. Like, Ron, you mentioned Boston, what kind of had it going, Miami, how's it going? Like, it must be insane to live in a city where, like, yeah, concurrently there's two teams just going deep and making deep runs, and then you add in those cities that have football teams that do well, like Boston has New England Patriots. It must be insane. Like, it's kind of like I, – I, it must – well, it's annoying to – know somebody who's a fan of that city or whatever from that city and they, they have all those teams that are doing well you're just like god and then we're all from ottawa uh, ottawa just has the, the the hockey team and like a cfl team but that doesn't really count but you need to cheer for your own team like whenever ottawa's obviously making a run like you talked about alex it, it's always like extra special that that you're kind of following it at that time so well, wow. um, yeah, that's that that's my that's my experience and, and thoughts. But what about you, Ron? Where where do you land on this? Well, I was going to say I was thinking about every night because they're sharing a stadium, yeah. right? Like, yeah. so they're kind of going back and forth at least during the home games. To think, like, just to be living down in Miami, that like just man, like you're just 
it'd be absolutely wild. And, and unfortunately, they've gone from highs to lows. It looks like they're both going to be out, obviously. <laughs> uh, but at that, but also to be the eight seed, like you're on cloud nine. Like you said it out. Like no expectations going in. You're just riding high this whole time. Like I think when the Sens finally did make it to the Cup final that year, I don't know offhand if you remember Al, but I don't. They were probably, if not the President's Cup winning team, but they were up there. Those Sens teams were all high expectations to win. Whenever we did, <laughs> like all those losses to the Leafs, of course. But I feel like also being the eighth seed just makes it extra sweet. Yeah, I remember Ron. It's, it's interesting you mentioned that. I, I remember distinctly because all those disappointment years like it's always around my birthday like it's early may mid-may and so i remember the year before they went to the cup they lost the uh we were the president's cup winning team and we lost to buffalo in like the second round or even the first round maybe i can't even remember it but then the next year we weren't the best team i think we were maybe fourth or fifth seed and and we like kind of like made a run like so we were good but we weren't like the the best of that year but all it is to say is like you know you're really appreciated when you when you have it um and especially if you're coming from like a lower seed you're kind of maybe overachieving a little bit and you, you're feeling yourself it, the 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 excitement is like palpable you know the i remember every one of those games like you're just if you had a job like i remember i worked at like a retail job so sometimes it would go like I think I was working at Ikea and the store would close at nine. You're just like trying to get out of there, trying to get to a TV or like get the scores because it just meant so much. Um, Pre-streaming days? Yeah, oh my God. It was just like, what, like what's the score? What's going on? Do you know somebody? Can you text them? Can you, can you text them via SMS, please? With your Motorola Razor? T9. The I mean... I feel like it doesn't happen very frequently where a city has two or like Boston back in the day. Like those early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Like 2000 to 2010 must have been so much fun to be in Boston, right? Like you had the Bruins. I think they won. Did they win three Stanley Cups in that sort of 10-year span? And then one 2011, yeah. They did a Stanley Cup final recently as well. But like they had 10 solid years. Uh, did they only win one? My, my father-in-law okay, well, is a big Boston Bruins fan. So really pissed me off over the last just 12 years. turning the screws on you. Um, but yeah, then you got the Patriots and you got the Red Sox just churning out championships. And I remember when Boston went down... I was listening to the announcers talk about like oh, how disappointed they are and how devastated it is and how high the expectations were. And one of the announcers just pointed out that it's almost the expectation in the city of Boston to, to go to the finals. Like you, you should be challenging for a title in whatever sport you're in. If you're in the playoffs, like if you, if you made it that far, you should be taking it all the way to the end. And, um, like even the Celtics this year, people were kind of surprised that they went down to the heat because, you know, the expectation was that they go back to the finals again. Um, but are there any like instances outside of Boston where a team has had like, can you guys remember where a team has had like a bunch of, uh, of teams in the finals? Like I think, it would have to be like a big market, like LA maybe, like when LA was winning those Stanley Cups. 
Or Chicago. Uh, Chicago football hasn't been really good. I was going to say LA. Chicago basketball would never, never overlapped. But yeah, like it would have been those like LA Kings years winning the Stanley Cup and then the Lakers. Um, but yeah, the football hasn't been good there. No, and their baseball teams weren't yeah, good. Yeah, they're okay. But the they, Angels were okay at that point in time. No, they, the Dodgers maybe. I feel like there's a baseball team at did some no well the dodgers did they win the covid year because the lakers won the covid year in the bubble right yeah so la did the the basketball and baseball that covid year but the big markets you kind of expect that it's it's better like i think i mean miami is a big market too but not like uh i wouldn't say like boston and la or new york but yeah they did it's still big i guess i can't really talk shit I think to your point, Burl, it's it's that that eight seed, man. Like if, if you again go like going back to the Senators, like they, they had that magical run, uh, I don't know, twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, I can't remember exactly when it was, but you know, they, they took Pittsburgh to game seven of the Eastern Conference finals and it like that atmosphere was unreal compared to what we were used to in terms of you know, always being the top dog, making that expectation. You know, you look at Boston this year, same thing, right? Like they were expected to be in this Stanley Cup final and the devastation that they had and and you know changing that perspective and going to the eighth seed and making it as far as as they you know florida did in both the the nba and the nhl like that atmosphere i feel would be much more um you know invested than than a team that you're expecting to make it sure for sure like the fact that we haven't tasted it in our lifetimes or any sort of like big success it makes it that much more you know, satisfactory versus uh, like it being like a situation like Boston where like every year you're kind of expected to do well. And then if you do come through, it's like, oh, oh, shucks, another parade, you know, <laughs> uh, it must it must get kind of like boring, not boring. I don't think winning ever gets boring, but, you know, it's much better when you really have to overcome like some long odds. And I kind of think about how like Kansas City is like, uh, you know, like has a really good football team, but they didn't really do much before that. Like, it's got to be exciting for them to have like a winner. Uh, finally, like it's kind of a nondescript Midwest town, and like they have like the best football team, so it's got to be pretty sweet. Well, they're not better than my Bills. But... <laughs> Kansas City's kind of fortunate too when they had that random World Series win too. Yep. Yeah. Just- yeah, at the expense of the Jays, yeah. The the other question I was going to ask, because Alex sort of talked about atmosphere, like, I, I'm going to be honest, when I attend a game that is not, you know, my Senators, my Bills, or my Blue Jays, I'm very selective about what I see, like, unless it's like a ball trip where it's all organized and we're doing a bunch of stuff. So I've seen a couple of games where the atmosphere is so intense that it almost makes you want to be a fan of either the building or or just a fan <laughs> of that fan base. Do you know what I mean? So I'll give you two examples. I I went, uh, this must have been 2010, 2011. I went and saw the Habs and the Leafs, and they were both pretty competitive, not like Stanley Cup challengers, but like competitive enough that it was going to be a big rivalry game. And the Bell Center, like it is not the the business dome that the uh, Scotia Bank place in Toronto is like it is ravenous like we had people throwing stuff at Nick and hit, like big 6 foot 4 300 pound Nicky <laughs> in his uh Leafs jersey getting stuff chucked at him getting stuff yelled at us and i was just sitting there like in awe of this 
ravenous fan base. And then the other one I saw was Yankees Red Sox uh, at Fenway just after Johnny Damon signed with the Yankees. And the whole Red Sox um, crew was, they were incensed that he would go to the Yankees. And lo and behold, isn't it raining? He gets a routine fly ball out to him. The whole crowd is on him while that ball is hanging up there. And doesn't he drop it in the rain? I've never seen, for a routine fly ball to get dropped, I've never seen the, the roof get blown off of a building so badly like at Fenway when Johnny Damon dropped that routine fly ball. Like it, and it, it makes you almost want to be a Red Sox fan. It makes you want to join the party, you know? Have you guys ever been to, like, Alex, have you ever been to Europe to a soccer game or seen any of this, like, insane fandom at any of these places? No, but I mean, you know, uh, what I'll, I'll kind of, I was going to talk about the, you know, the English Premier League, the, the, the whole soccer base, right? Like, I, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm a soccer fan, but like, I'm not a, a, a club soccer fan. I'm, I'm more of a World Cup Euros kind of guy. And, and like, just, I get so invested in, in, you know, team England, obviously both my parents are English and I just rally behind that. And like, I am all out for, for, you know, a period of three weeks. It's don't talk to me about anything else other than, you know, this is, this is where I'm at. So, um, you know, I'll watch every game, I'll get right into it and uh, probably do some things I probably shouldn't do. Um, but just yelling and screaming and just, you know, <laughs> my hands are raw. My voice is gone. Like I am just, I'm so pumped to be there and, and just, it's the moment, right? Like, I think it's, it's all about the people that you're with. And to your point, Burl, it's, it's the fan base that you're really there for. And it, you know, it's not always about the team that you're watching. It's, it's the people that you're around that are really going to make that, um, you know, why you're invested in, in what yeah. you're watching. I've always, uh, I've always loved when we've had like, or, you know, a lot of us have our ball jerseys. Like when you have the Jersey of the team that you're going to see and, Honestly, the Cubs come to mind, like being in Wrigleyville and just part like that is a, just an amazing fan base. Like just that whole scene, the whole neighborhood, like it's a whole day too, right? So you can just, you really feel like you're part of that fan base when you go and uh, man, I, could, oh, I would love to get back to a game there. That would, that came to mind for me is just. Yeah, if you could transport yourself and become part of a fan base like that, like just to what it would have been like to to be part of those games when they were in breaking their World Series drought would have been just absolutely insane. Obviously, so uh, yeah. Frank's buddy, you ever you ever been to a, a crazy fan base that you you've sort of had an affinity for or some affection for? No, I can't think of anything other than the like the those Jays games, like that's probably the most intense atmosphere. Uh, and I've been to some good basketball games, but not, not, yeah, nothing that like kind of conjures up those, those feelings. But yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Ryan, it'd be really cool to go to some of those uh, like English Premier League games, like in those random uh, British cities and just see those hardcore fans, those people that are like super blue collar and have been following some, you know, football team that's been kind of not super wealthy, but just kind of been going through the motions and just see them like pour their heart out for, for 90 minutes. Uh, I've, I've met like people in my time that have been to them or are from there. And if they've told me stories and it just sounds like a real hoot and something that I haven't experienced culturally, and that I would love to 
you know, love to do. Um, and just to see what it's all about. Cause I feel like they do it up like crazy. You know, they, they really get up for those, those football matches. I've been to one Branko and it was, uh, it wasn't a premier league, but it was Blackburn, uh, Rovers. I think they're, they are in, uh, in, in the, the, the sub, uh, premier league, but like, yeah, yeah. I think I was 19. I went with my dad and like, you know, just going to the the pub ahead of time just getting a little boozy and then like the crowd just leaving the bar all together as one unit just walking to the stadium like chanting shit losing your minds just heading there as one and like the game was zero zero was an absolutely brutal game with nothing to talk about um (laughs) but like that experience stuck out to me like really really well um the other one i would say is college football in the states is just unreal right yeah. like uh, the the first thing Good that comes point. to mind is that um you know i don't know if you guys have enter, ever seen the enter sandman virginia tech video um but if you guys google that like <laughs> it gives me goosebumps and i don't give a shit about football at all and that video just like immediate goosebumps of just seeing the whole crowd just jumping up and down as one unit like waiting for their team to come out with i don't know how many people can fit in that stadium like sixty thousand plus easy and it's just, it's unreal yeah, to watch. I mean, there's different circumstances around the world. One that stuck out to me recently was uh, somebody asked uh, asked Joe, Jokic uh, for the Nuggets how he felt about, uh, I think it was playing in Miami with the Heat fans, and and they were going nuts and sort of breathing down his neck. And, and he said, I, I played in Serbia. And then they flashed to, like, this highlight of a basketball game he played in. And, like, it's an indoor game, and there's flares going off, and there's, like, these giant, like, 20-foot flags, and the whole crowd is jumping in unison, and you can see the building shaking. And it is, it's during the anthem. Wow. Like, it's like they're, they're, lined up, they're lined up for the anthem, and the, the crowd is going that bananas for, like, a Serbia basketball game. Uh, I just, I thought, oh my God, it's so much fun to be part of that fandom when you find a, a franchise and a rivalry or like a, a, a city like Miami would be right now where it's just going wild, right? I think it's all about who you're with too, right? Like I, I think that, you know, um, one of the events, I know Ron and, and Burl, you've been to this, uh, Branko, you, you should come out to uh, to Ottawa on a, on a Friday when C4 is going for wrestling. I know it's not the events that we're really talking about or, or the stadium, but like it is just a, a, an absolutely unreal time. Just hanging out with your buddies, just, you know, getting a little shit-faced, a little tipsy and just cheering for these people you don't know anything about or, or don't really care who wins, but just yelling shit to, for the sake of yelling shit and just being being with the crowd, right? That's what it's all about. It's just the people around. The spectacle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love it. Puff, man, puff. Puff. That's a great call. So true. Like, you know, you get more out of those local, what is it, $20 admission kind of general admission things than you would some of the biggest events and yeah you're right it's because of who you're with and obviously the booze is a factor <laughs> i love it all right guys um we're nearing the end and i'm gonna try and keep this thing on the rails so um <laughs> some podcasts some podcasts they make fat fat stacks and and they get paid big money we don't we don't make fat stacks so we're gonna call this segment fat stats and uh and we're gonna see what you guys have brought to the table for some uh 
some amazing stats and see if we can reminisce over some of these vintage guys and the the stuff they've churned out. So these are this is our 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 stats corner, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna call it Fat Stats. Franks, buddy, you got something to get us kicked off here? Yeah, I was like racking my brain. I've seen so many good ones, and then uh, I'd heard recently there was like they were talking about the U.S. Open for golf. How uh, this week it's in L.A. and uh, I just had to dip into the 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 golf, and I was looking at uh, Tiger Woods like just like record at the majors and was just like I know everybody knows he's great and everything but I just looked at his uh uh his uh majors record during the 2000s during the aughts so like from 2000 to 2009 there's 40 majors that's like 10 years worth of majors he played in 38 of them he his worst appearance was two cuts. He missed two cuts in those thirty-eight appearances in those majors, and then, and then every other time, the worst he did was T thirty-nine. He won uh, twelve of them, and he was top five in like uh, what do I have here? Eighteen of them. Like he just unbelievable how good he was like in his prime, and I just. Like if you go on Wikipedia, they have like a little cool layout and it's color coded. If you want, it's green. If you're top 10, it's like yellow. And then everything else is just like whatever the number is. And I just, yeah, I just marveled at how consistently good he was for that 10 year period. And there's a bunch of second places in those majors. So he basically almost won, you know, 35% of the majors in the 2000s, which is like an insane clip for golf, considering you're playing against, you know, 150 other guys. Yeah, that's bananas. And then, yeah, he was, he was, he was close in the other ones. And yeah, I mean, there's so many Tiger stats, but just how consistently goddamn good he was uh, in his prime. I just missed that guy. It's too, it's too bad he insists on driving when he shouldn't. And his, his, his body's mangled. But, um, yeah, spe- spe- special special athlete for sure. Two things. Yeah. You're right on the health thing, especially with Phil doing so well, to think that in an alternate universe you could still have Tiger and Phil going back to back and going at one another. like. Oh, how I wish that would but even, that could be. I mean, even just like he won in 2019 and then he got in that accident after that. And it's just like, fuck, man, like yeah. just uh, he shouldn't he shouldn't be operating anything over five kilometers. Like he shouldn't be other than walking like everybody else should be doing it for him. Like if, if somebody should just like be biking him around on a tandem bike or pay a driver. Oh, God. It just pisses me off, but you know, that's just that's that's what it is. It's like the lure of these these like yeah. sort of like special athletes. You just wonder what if you know. And I think that's what keeps us like talking about guys like Tiger because he's just such a singular uh, talent, you know. I was going to say too the other thing, Branks, and I know you love this. It's hearing and watching those clips of other pro golfers talk about how good Tiger was. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those as much as anything. Like those Marco Mira stories or the Darren Clark stories, just talking about like when these other worldly golfers in the one thousandth of a percent of a sport are speaking about a peer the same way we talk about him, it just it's it it, it, uh, it just puts into perspective 
how great yeah. his greatness was, right? Yeah, like it's I, just I think I'll regret like in my lifetime not having figured out a way to go see him play live. Like like I know I'll probably like I could probably go see him, like maybe he'll play some majors or whatever, but just like in the two thousands, not like <laughs> saving up some money that I spent on drinking out with you guys, uh and not like going to like some major to, to go watch like watch greatness, you know. Um, but it's, yeah, uh, I think I just have to make a point when there's like a special athlete to go see him, but like, he's just so like one of a kind, you know, <clears throat> there's something about, and like, we've had this discussion before about the goat and stuff like that, but there's, there's something about these, this certain class of athletes from each sport that just have that killer sense right and like you i've seen quotes in the past i can't say who it was from i can't remember but basically like if on sunday tigers within three strokes or four strokes you've lost because he's just gonna reel you in and like the idea that he was just such a a murderer right like just would kill guys on that final day if he didn't leave wire to wire right like um just like was just so yeah. Special. Just thinking about yeah. Just think about That's any right. other player than Tiger and try to think about like the you know like five great shots of that particular player, and then think about Tiger and how many shots you can think of that just melt your brain of like how insane of like up like a pressure packed moment it is, and then like delivering during like like a time when there's so much pressure, you know, like Ron, we had that golf tournament and it was like me and Logan and you and Dan playing down the stretch. And like, you know, like we were one back and I was like, Oh, I really want to make this shot count, you know, and just thinking about like so many hundreds of thousand people just watching you putt, like how nerve wracking that must be. Like, it's like that, it's like that commercial where the guy's just like constantly shaking when he's over the ball, like where he can't, <laughs> where he can't stop. Like, I don't understand how you can perform under that amount of pressure and then deliver over and over and over again. Like, that's just, you know, it's, it's special. It's like, I, like, there's just not that many people in the world that can do it. If, if, if many, like any, you know. Ice in the veins, man. That guy had no, he didn't feel pressure is basically what it came down to, right? His, he just, he was out there by himself, just doing his own thing. And uh, there was nobody else around. He just, he put on his blinders and just hit the fucking ball in the hole. Yo, yo, it's that fucking meme with the x-ray of the guy's chest. And it's like a dog, dog's inside. Like you got the dog in you, you know, like that's what Tiger had. Tiger had the dog in him. He just killed people, man. The best. Yeah, it was it was a crazy thing to watch, and we're very lucky to have witnessed it because I I really yeah. I don't I don't foresee like I remember when Spieth was young and they were talking about a second coming of Tiger, and then when Rory was young and a second coming of Tiger, and it's like we're never gonna see it, right? Like, it, I don't I don't think it's ever maybe when we're old like yeah. there'll be another guy, but right now there's like nobody in the pipe. That's that special. Expand that to other sports, man. We we are in a, a great era of, of watching these guys. Like Ovi set to break Gretzky's records as well. Like we've seen a ton of awesome talents in our in our lifetime as well as obviously our, our parents. But I think we're you know, we're seeing the first emergence of those quote unquote super athletes, right? That that yeah. are really dedicated to yeah. their sports. 
Yeah, we grew up with Jordan and Gretzky and, and Tiger are the three that come to mind as the, the sort of big ones. Uh, I don't need to get into the argument about Kobe and LeBron or any of that stuff, but uh, <laughs> it's definitely been a, a special, like being a kid in the 90s, we were we were spoiled. And it was, uh, it was sweet. All right, guys, that's uh, that's our fat stat for uh, for this episode, and we're gonna take. I think we're gonna take this opportunity to sign it off. We're we're going pretty long, so don't need to wear out our don't need to wear out our audience. But gentlemen, Alex, thank you for getting on here and joining us today. You were you seemed like a vet, man. You were talking about feeling a little bit of pressure, a little bit of nerves, but what a great job you did. And I feel like you guys were reaching by bringing me on so early in the, uh, the group of friends that we had, but, uh, looking forward to seeing those other duds get on here and try and, uh, <laughs> try and do bet to me one up. That's here. awesome. Well done, man. Frank. Thanks for having me fellas. I appreciate it. It was, uh, it yeah, was a blast. awesome to have you, man. Thanks. Thanks again. This was good. Good little banter. We always, uh, we always feel like we we don't have enough to talk about, and then it's an hour and a half later, and we've chewed each other's ears off. So that's it. Uh, amen. Amen to a good combo. That's it. That's what it's all about, Ronnie, baby. Yep. Take it easy, boys. Yeah. Great job, guys. Well, let's do this again sometime. All right. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. We hope you like what the Grasscutter Social Club is putting out there. We can't wait to see you guys again about a month with a new inductee to the Grasscutter Social Club. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast for any future updates and share with your friends who you think might also enjoy our pod. If you want to follow us on social media, check us out on Instagram at Grasscutter Social Club. Cheers, and until next time, take care.